1: All right, everybody, it is Wednesday night, October 19th, 2022. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to go around the room tonight and introduce this interesting cast of characters that we have on this show, starting with my longtime co-host from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, Mr. Rob, sir. How are you tonight?
2: Good. Good to be back.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you back, sir. Thank you again. And a man who is floating away on a cloud for the second week in a row, destined to go through a barbershop window. <laughs> Bucky's tag team partner, Jason, Bubba. How are you feeling tonight? I'm
3: feeling excellent. How are you guys?
1: Good, good. We had a great pre-show huddle, and I'm hoping that energy carries over into the show because I am excited. Uh, Basically, officially, unofficially, the fourth member of the show, sitting fourth chair tonight from the Chairshot Radio Network, the Outsider's Edge, Mr. Ray
4: Cash. Sir, thank you for joining us tonight. Well, I appreciate that, but hold on. So Rob got like 75 nicknames. (laughs) Jason got like all these anecdotes like, (laughs) Jason's anecdotes are like Hangman Page's, like the little uh, chevrons that he comes out Have you ever watched A.W.? And it's like, over his name, it's like uh, Forgot to get his coffee this morning, Hangman Page (laughs) And it's like, oh yeah, and by the way Ray's here By the way, Ray Cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Ray, I'm sorry, man. I'll work on that delivery. As many times as you've been on here, I gotta come up with like an entire introduction for you, buddy. Oh, I do apologize. It's
4: it's good to be on. I have missed you gentlemen very much. Good to see y'all. Um I feel like it's gonna be a crazy episode tonight for some reason. I don't maybe it was a huddle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he like said, I hope what it, we had some great energy
1: in the huddle and I hope it carries over tonight cuz I had a lot of a matter of fact I had to take a minute and compose myself from laughing just so that I could make it through the intro and then I still screwed it up for Ray, so that tells you what kind of podcast host I am. Um, anyway, <laughs> So we're going to get started here tonight. we got a lot to talk about. Um, we're going to a little bit later on get into something. Uh, part of the reason, aside from we love having him on here and he's a good brother to the show, uh, Ray and Rob got into a bit of a Twitter debate earlier today about one Austin Theory and the Money in the Bank briefcase. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. But first, I want to open the show with a uh, a very heartfelt get well soon to Adam Page, uh, apparently he suffered a pretty pretty nasty-looking injury on Dynamite last night while he was wrestling Moxley. Um, that, that, which one of you watched it live? None of you. Well, Anybody,
2: I saw you watched I, it live. I, I, well, I... Hey, NBA, Because it's funny. I turned to it right after it happened. Yeah, yeah. And because I, <coughs> I saw... I just saw on the timeline that, like, people were like, oh, shit, you know, and so I... Turned to it and it was right after it happened and they, you know, in commentary, they were like stalling for time. Cause you know, obviously this wasn't planned and you know, they got him out of the ring. They brought the stretcher out. They brought him They got him out of the ring and then Moxley went into his promo, which I'm assuming, you know, cause we'll look, cause they set things up with him and MJF for full gear after that. So that part was planned, but they had to kill a few minutes in between. And, um, <clears throat> I did i saw like a short clip of what happened on the timeline because the first people were saying that he took the lariat and that he was you know you know people take a lariat and they kind of do the kind of flip so uh people were saying that in doing the flip he landed on his head but then now when i looked at the clip later it didn't really look like it looked like he was just out from when he got from the impact and because the way it looked from the way the clip, looked, the way he was falling down, it looked like he was just out from the impact. So, And they said he had a concussion, so I think that's about right. Yeah. He just got knocked. Maybe he took it stiff and just got knocked out from the impact and just went down.
1: Well, that's possible. Uh, when I worked in the business, there was a guy, and I've mentioned him on this show before, Blackheart Dave Johnson, wrestled Stan Hansen a few times, wrestled him a couple times over in Japan and he said Hanson hit him with the lariat so hard a couple different times he legit knocked him out on two separate occasions. So yeah, I'd believe it, man. If he took a stiff lariat from uh, from Mox, I full on believe he got knocked out.
2: Because he, he didn't land on his he-, he did not land on his head. Yeah, it just
1: okay. Because some people were like comparing it to the Big E injury, so I'm thinking he took some type no. of suplex or something and land that was first thing i heard was oh it was just reminded me of Big E and i'm like ah jesus did he break
4: his neck but go ahead rick i was i was just gonna say it 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 was a it was just a regular lariat and it wasn't even i i wonder because it it was a nice lariat but i mean it wasn't jbl stan hansen vader type that trying to knock your head off i wonder did the flip make it worse because as you know, DJ, if you're gonna take the type of bump and you're gonna flip, you're preparing to do that before it hits you. And I yes. wondered, did that kind of centrifugal force play, play a role in in it? Because he, like Rob said, he didn't quite land on his head. He landed almost on his shoulder. But the second he hit the ground, he was completely out of it. And as wow. we saw with Tua Tagovailoa a few weeks ago, especially with the freshness that it is in, in the news now, you can't play with that type of concussion When your body, it's one thing if you're out, but when your body physically shows somebody you're out, like when Tua's hands, you know, were throwing the gang signs, like, you can't can't play with that. And so, if if I can say one quick thing, we give a lot of criticism. You guys on the show, me on my show, all of us in particular, to AEW for the things that they haven't done right, the things that they need to do better this is one of those times where I think all of us need to laud what they did. Paul Turner, even Chris Nguyen's doctor, <clears throat> went out of his way to say, Paul Turner knows what he was doing. And he immediately noticed he was gone, stopped it and immediately brought out the help. The fact that they removed the bottom rope, the fact that they said, fuck the match, like give them all the credit for doing that. Right. And, and I'm a big believer in you got to have the same energy on both ways we're gonna if we're gonna dog them when they do something stupid, ridiculous. Give them all the praise when they do something correct, and thank goodness because that dude, if it could have been worse, if nobody knew he was out and Moxley stepped trying to go at him, but they caught it, they took care of him, put him on the backboard, and he tweeted today. He did. So he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a, clearly in good spirits.
1: Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right there. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the same company who just what a year and a half ago had that tag team match where some kid got knocked out and the Bucks and everybody else just pretty much like wrestled over top of his corpse. So yeah. we've obviously come a long way since that day and yeah. 100% right, they they caught it early, they stopped the match, they did their due diligence, they got Hangman to the back, got him checked out and you know by all counts, it seems like he's gonna be okay. Um, as we always say on this show, we've said at any time somebody's been injured or any time somebody's had to go out for any particular reason, Get yourself healthy. That wrestling thing ain't going anywhere. Right. Your fans ain't going anywhere. Make sure everything is working right before you rush yourself back into that ring. Jason, you got anything to add?
4: Just
3: I, I want to put over the AEW like you guys, because there are a lot of scenarios, especially where we've heard about how that place operates or how it has operated in the past. I should say where the chain of command is not exactly clear, people are doing their own thing, and la-di-da-di-da. This time, nope. F the match. We're stopping the match. Get him on a backboard. Get them out of here. We're done. And it, and it went from the ref to the doc to Tony, I'm sure, to everyone. Everyone's like, yep, 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 yep. It's like the nuclear chain of command. It, um, so, yeah. Hats off, because, again, that's definitely... A place where we've seen the mantra the show must go on in force so i'm glad the show did not go on in this case um and then of course i don't i don't think i've ever said a bad word about adam page he's a by all accounts he's a stand-up human being uh as well as a wonderful professional wrestler so all the best to you pal um get well soon and get back out there if that's what you want to be doing
1: yeah, man, like I said, nothing, nothing bad to say about Paige and all the best for him. And I hope the guy, I hope this is a temporary setback for him. So want to keep the positivity going tonight. I want to talk about something that I think, and I think I speak for the entire podcast, is incredibly cool. And that's Wrestle Club. And, you know, I just was introduced to this whole Wrestle Club here. I'd say probably about the last six or eight weeks, i really noticed some things coming through on my timeline. And basically, this guy... Victor Victor Perry. It's he's. Uh, I, I'm assuming he's a teacher. He started this after school club for wrestling fans at uh, it's KIPP AMP Middle School in Brooklyn, and it's an after school program for kids to get together, watch pro wrestling, talk about pro wrestling, and the guy's taking it one step further. You know, a lot of these kids are just from yeah you know, economically you know challenged families, and they don't always have a chance to partake in wrestling events and live things like that so lately he's been taking up uh fun to doing fundraisers to get these kids to these these different events if they're in the area like i know they just tweeted from uh what was it smackdown a week raw. or so ago
4: raw at the barclays
1: it was yeah. raw, raw at the barclays center um he took uh at least a dozen kids with him or something the whole,
4: the whole wrestling club i took the whole yeah. club
1: okay i wasn't sure yeah. what, how many he took but i i, I want to talk about this for a little bit and put this over because i think it's absolutely incredible for just a bunch of different reasons. Um Rob, why don't you take over for a minute?
2: Okay. Cause um you just hearing about this, um I mean it, it's it's just it's an excellent because I know a lot of us as kids, you know, maybe we had a you know a couple of friends who were wrestling fans also, but nothing like this. And <clears throat> that you know he's able to, you know, to put this together and get all these kids to enjoy this thing. And it's, it's, it's really just, it's just wonderful, man. Cause, um, and that they were able to make the trip over to the Barclay Center, to, um, there were a few different podcasters who raised some money for them and, and then they're trying to make it to, I don't know if they're trying to make it to this WrestleMania or they, they do want to eventually get to a WrestleMania as a group. But, and uh God bless you, Victor. <laughs> having to take care of all those kids for that weekend if you got it if it happens um but um, it's I it's mean, stuff like that that yeah, I mean we need we need more things like that, and and they just they have just a just a much you know fresher perspective on watching this stuff. They're not cynical, they're not a bunch of reddit commenter commenters, you know, and all that type of thing um. And like they're just they're fans and they just they just love watching it and it's it's yeah as you know look I mean as I as I venture out and like to sample different podcasts and what have you now I do try to now I try to to look for at least some here and there to kind of approach it more that way and kind of like we're analytical about a lot of this stuff but sometimes you can just you know, you can get too deep in the weeds and all of that. So, I mean, it's good to see a group of kids enjoying this and having fun with it, and not, you know, falling down into the mud like we often do <laughs> with it. And uh, I just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a wonderful thing to see, and I'm glad I'm glad that they're able to, you know, find some enjoyment in this. I'm glad that. They were able to make it there because as we all know going to wrestling shows is not cheap and that they're able to find a way to enjoy it you know that is is just to me it's 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 just a really good thing
1: yeah one well i'm going to go around the room on this one because i want to kind of pick on everybody's experience as a young wrestling fan Um, I know myself. I've been watching this for as long as I've been watching TV. It was one of the earliest things I ever watched with my dad and I and I know everybody's perspective will be a little different given that we've got varying ages here. Um, For me, being a wrestling fan in the late 70s, early 80s, especially at school, you talked about it in the corners and you whispered about it because you got picked on and you know that because you know that's fake crowd you know, was already in on you, and it, you were the nerd that watched wrestling, and you got bullied, and you got picked on. So there wasn't like, there, I wish there had been wrestling club when I was in school. You know, I wish there had been somewhere where I could have gotten together, you know, with a group of people who enjoyed what I enjoyed. I had, you know, it was spotty, and you you almost had to overhear somebody talking about it before you could connect. But again we talked about it in hushed corners because you didn't want to get picked on for watching it um ray what was your experience like being a young a young wrestling band did you have that or was it fair did, did you not have to feel that stigma of being a wrestling fan
4: well i was very lucky because i was 10 years old in 1998. So okay. I was extremely. You up. attitude era kids had it easy. Uh, I was in the middle of the attitude era. So like <laughs> all throughout the halls of every, and I went to, I went to a private Catholic school, in my elementary and middle school years. So even in the elementary, the, leaving, leaving ch- chapel, doing the DX Trotch Crotch ch- chop, Like Like, <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many times we got in trouble we would we would wrestle in we would actually wrestle in the um uh, in the playground I, I notoriously pedigreed a kid in the, in the sandbox Jesus. So, like the rocks so, like Dude. Not the sand but the rocks yeah so like yeah I was very lucky and i'm and i i'm very cognizant of of that you know i'm not one of those people i'm not one of those people who think that the Attitude era is like the greatest thing ever, but i am very cognizant of the fact that i was I'm very, I was, I was almost born with a wrestling silver spoon in my mouth because I got a chance to see it from the moment where it was at its biggest and never stopped. I didn't have right. to go through those, those tougher times where you had to go look for the product or you had to see Vinny Vegas. So you had to see the Yeti or <laughs> Rosie, no disrespect to those guys, all great performers, but the gimmicks, right? right. So I'm very thankful for my time. And, um. I was very spoiled in my house because I'm an only child. Yeah. So like, not only did I get the pay- pay-per-views, I got the pay-per-views for both shows. Like oh, I wow. would get the, the WWF pay-per-view and then I'd get the WCW pay-per-view in the same month. And we would have like watch parties at my house. So all my friends would come over and we'd have a sleepover and watch it. Like one of my first big, not teen, but pre-teen birthday parties was bash at the beach. Um, when, um, Hogan and Rodman fought, uh, Malone and DDP. So, yeah, when I say I'm very, I was very lucky. I was very lucky. Okay. All right. So Jason, you're another one who you're an Attitude Era
1: kid. You grew up when it was yep. cool and okay to be a, a, a wrestling fan. Tell me about your experience, like in the public, not just like watching it, but like amongst your friends, did you have a crew or was it just kind of you and a couple people?
3: no it was just me and my uh, friend Mikey um that we just really got into it and I mostly got into it through the the video games and and with my brother because he would go to his friend's houses and watch it but he's much older than me he's nine years older than me so he was like a grown up when I was 13 14 um so yeah I never went with him or anything like that but yeah mine was always a close knit group and um so a couple of friends and we'd talk about it, but it was never a, but it was never a hush-hush thing because we were the nerds already and we were talking about, you know, Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and all sorts of Star Wars and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, wrestling was just another, just another thing. So, no, I didn't have the, I kind of probably had an atypical wrestling experience where wrestling was just another part of life, you know?
1: All right, Rob. What about you? I know your kind of your trajectory is very similar to mine. Uh, Started very young. Started with you know the NWA Dusty Rhodes, and then into WWF. What was fandom like as a young kid for you?
2: Well, for me, so I started watching. It was around 1985, around you know first WrestleMania, and so for me, yeah, I had a few friends who were fans, and. You know, we weren't. You know, we didn't have. To, we didn't have to hide or anything. And of course, you know, 1985 was kind of like the height of Mr. T's popularity. So anything he was involved in was okay. You know, and we went on for a while. And um, like with us, it's, you know, we got a little bit older and fewer. You know, some people, you know, f- weren't watching anymore. We, you know, me and the two or three other guys, we. Yeah, You know, we never really stopped, and we kept going through high school even, and now we, you know, we didn't talk about it openly, because it, yeah, after, I mean, as we became teenagers, you no, know, it wasn't cool to be out here just, you know, talking about going to see the, you know, the, the wrestling, right? But, you know, we weren't, we weren't embarrassed by it or anything. Now, as I became, see, I didn't really, for me, there wasn't really any stigma for me until I became an adult, because... You know, you get out there in the quote-unquote real world and that's when you, you know, that's when I first started hearing that, well, you know, um, it's not real, you know, and, well, no kidding, right? Um, and then, now for me, I feel you know, when the Attitude Era started, it started, I graduated college in 97, and so that was right before everything started, before Austin, right as Austin was taking off, as D-Generation X was starting, that was right in the middle of the NWO stuff. And then, so for me, you know, I went from college to the workforce. And at that point I was kind of like the lone, you no, know, cause I wasn't, you know, really the friends I had then weren't really into it. So it was just kind of me by myself and, you know, a couple other people I knew, but no, we, I mean, we never really embarrassed by it or anything. And, you know, it just, we didn't, it's like with Jason, I was a nerd already. Right. I mean, no, you know, what were you going to say about me? Right. I mean, and it was kind of like, it was like Eminem at the end of an eight mile where he just runs through all the stuff. Like, okay, yeah, all this is true. What? You know, um, that's how we kind of were about it, about things. So, you know, you couldn't really bother me by messing with me about it. And, and uh, you okay there, brother?
3: Yeah, sorry. Okay. My, my computer just like froze. Oh, okay. And I uh, I was like, no, don't do this right now.
1: No, no, no <laughs> we're cooking here. Don't, don't, don't stop.
2: Yeah, yeah, um,
3: exactly.
2: Sorry. So, I mean, for me, yeah, I was no, there was never any real stigma about it to me because you know, look, I was in the Star Wars, I was in the Dungeons and Dragons, you know, I was a math nerd anyway. <laughs> well, what were you going to say? Yeah. And, and I, I was big enough to fight too. So, if you did want to mess with me, then you know that, that may not go too well for you.
1: Now, see i was so, a little guy i was a scrawny little dude so it's yeah, same uh same here i didn't put on muscle until my mid late 20s
2: uh because because well, well look yeah I, well yeah i've always been a big dude so yeah and, you know look hey um yeah you you can mess with me if you want to but we'll see how that goes yeah uh, you, can,
1: you know oh no, no i i got that dog in me now but you know in 1987 i didn't have it
2: so Oh, I'm I'm, I'm. I'm. I don't now. I'm. Look, if if you if you come to me now, I'm gonna. I'll sue you. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's probably a say, but we're getting a little too old to be fighting, Rob.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, it's like you said. I I wish there had been some type of wrestling club. It's extremely hard sometimes to meet people in the general public that are into that. And, and I think we can all attest to the fact that while I have been very fortunate to surround myself with some folks that I've met on the internet. Present company definitely excluded or not excluded included. My God, present you, company you included first as I properly read that. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys, and this is a group of people that I, you know, in- engage with on a regular basis. That one day I hope to meet face to face and give gigantic bear hugs to. Um, it's, it's for these kids to have that type of connection and be able to sit in a in a setting and talk about it and pick it apart and watch shows and, and share their experiences as fans. Is pretty damn cool. You know, and it's you see these kids and they're at the show and they're just all going crazy. They're all having a good time. And it's a solid reminder as to, you know, it's mindless wrestling podcast catchphrase time. Who understands this shit? Nanas kids and nanas. And kids.
5: Yeah.
1: Kids <clears throat> and nanas, right. and nothing, nothing makes me happier as a wrestling fan than to see the looks on kids faces when they're at the show. You know, my own kid, the other kid, I I took her to SmackDown a couple of months ago. She had an absolute blast. There were hundreds of other kids running around there having an absolute blast. And, you know, those were kids who, you know, were fortunate enough and to a degree privileged enough for their parents to be able to afford to take them. And for this group of kids whose parents may not be able to do that, for Victor to try and find a way to get these kids to live out you live out their dreams. I think, man, you can't say enough good things about that,
4: and I can't put it over enough. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanna, I wanna give the listeners a few details about the club for those who aren't too familiar with it. Rob alluded to the fact that they want to go to WrestleMania. I wanna, um, I know we wouldn't do this, but I, I think it's appropriate now. I wanna shout out some of the Black Wrestling Podcast, the Public Enemies Podcast, Stat Guy Greg from Cheap Heat. A lot of these people really worked hard to get their fundraise and their GoFundMe because their goal was $15,000 for their flight, lodging, tickets, food, all that. They hit that and more. I'm talking like within like less than a month. So people clearly believe in this cause, believe in what they're doing with these kids. And it's not just after school. Like sometimes uh, the dude takes videos of, Um, their reward if they get good good grades on the test is they get to watch a match. You know, stuff like that is just beautiful stuff. And it it started off as kind of just enjoying wrestling, showing these kids, you know, giving them a place to enjoy their habit. But now he's teaching them the business. Like Sasha Banks has shown up. Um, Keith Lee and Swerve uh, Swerve, uh, Scott. Uh, Well, Swerve, I'm sorry, Swerve Strickland. I'm my bad. yeah, uh, showed up right, and uh, when they were tag champs. Now he's got he's got these kids breaking down promos, like it's beautiful <laughs> to see what he's doing with these kids. And the most heartwarming thing about this whole situation is, and I love the phrase of the show, "Kids and nanas. We we take for granted the point of wrestling because wrestling, with the exception of four years, has always been for kids, right? At least in this this iteration, I'm not talking Hacking, Smith, and gotch, right? I'm talking like modern pro wrestling. Um, the beauty of it is these kids send him notes and letters about how he's changed their life, giving them the opportunity. Like, like the kids were crying when he told them that we're going to RAW, and it's like, and I I don't want to assume, Jason. I don't know if you're a father, if you have kids or not. I know the rest of us do. Um, and even if you don't have kids, you've got somebody in your life that's younger than you that you've been around or care for. It is just something it touches your heart to see kids happy, doing what they love, being involved in what they love. And I want to shout out all those people I named, especially Sasha and Keith and Shane Swerve for, like, caring enough about these kids to go and, like, Talk to him. I really hope that Hunter does the right thing at WrestleMania in LA. Bring those kids backstage, dog. Let them get a chance to meet these people. All these wrestlers are always talking with Victor on Twitter. Big E's howling at him. Uh, Seth talking to, like do something for these kids and give these kids. Have you seen their promos that come on each other? But they have a have like yeah. a real like a live EFED and a wrestling club champion. Like, it's beautiful, it's dog. Yeah. It's everything we all wish we could have done. Yeah. And I hope other people follow this man's lead because it, it, it doesn't have to be wrestling. It could be comics. It could be Star Wars. It could be whatever. Man, let's take care of these kids, bro, because they are truly the future. And yeah. honestly, they're not just the future. They're the present now, bro. Yeah.
1: I like what you said there. He's he's using this club to inst- – I know I'm going to use the wrong word here. This probably isn't a real word. I'm going to make it up on the fly. Incentive. He's basically using this as an incentive for these kids to do better in school, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's so important. Mm-hmm. That's DJ, so important, especially.
3: Yes. The word is incentivize and it is. Wrong. I was
1: going to say incentivize and it, in my head, it sounded like shit. So I well, was like, I can't say that. But at the end of the day, it was right. But yeah, he's using this to incentivize these kids because you know there's a lot of kids that are growing up just expecting you know gimme give gimme give gimme give because i want and he's teaching these kids no you want you got to give back and you know that's that's a powerful lesson that kids need to learn and i again i applaud him you know not only for what he's doing but also using it to teach values to teach responsibility and to teach accountability i think it's i think it's incredible yeah
3: it's awesome and so but uh, um, Ray, no, I don't have kids, but I do have nieces and nephews, and um, some of the best times I've ever had at wrestling, ever is bringing my nep- nephews to wrestling shows. I brought my nephew to SmackDown one time; um, he had an absolute blast. I we, you know, he's come over for WrestleMania. We've taken taken him to indie shows. You know, um, what's his name, Jensen? Now, now Brooks of jensen of brooks and jensen landed in his lap one time so that's (laughs) so um but yeah it's seeing the actual because he gets it i think that it's a stage that it's a play that it's a whatever it's kind of like santa claus where we haven't really had that conversation but we've kind of danced around it and it's just it's just cool to see the wonderment and whatnot in their eyes and kind of just seeing the you know, yeah, this is the carnival,
4: kid. You know, this this is this is the good stuff. Can I tell you all the fun story? The real- yeah, go for it, man. So, um, being in Houston, privileged. Well, we're all in big cities. So, I mean, I can't say how many more privileged than you guys. But we get a lot of big shows here. Um, the night of champions, the night that Sting got hurt. Mm-hmm. Seth had to defend both titles. Uh, the world title against Sting and the U.S. title against Cena and he wore the all whites, right? Yeah. Yep. So the white right power, roommate, agent. the right power? Yes, he was the White Tiger Sword, yes. Yep. Me and my roommate at the time, uh we we had good tickets. Like we were camera side, like maybe seven rows down, like really good seats. Kind of in the corner, uh facing the turnbuckle. And um and there was a kid, a mom and her son behind us kid couldn't have been no more than four years old. And I mean, he is... You know how uh, Asap Ferg says coochie down to the socks like I'm Biggie Papa? He was cena down to the socks like (laughs) he was John Cena. I mean, he he, might have had John Cena pull-ups on, dog. Like, I mean, like, it was all the way. (laughs) And I know the kid, again, it couldn't have been four, couldn't spell Cena. Right? But... And so, of course, us being older and being... Um, uh, you know, Smarks, we're rocking with Rollins, Smarks, right? Yeah. This is, yeah, we're at the this is we're going for Rollins. So Rollins comes out first, and me and my boy are going crazy, and the kid looks at us like, What the hell is wrong with y'all? So now for the entirety <laughs> yeah. of the match for the kid, we turn to John Cena fans. To big this kid up, there we go. Cena wins, and we pick the kid up in the air, <laughs> like <laughs> shouting. The kid is—he's having the best time of his life. Mama got tears in her eyes, so uh, happy. Uh, and and, and awesome. but the yeah, the funnest part of the match was Seth would do something dope, and we want to get happy, and we look behind us like, damn, can't do that, can't say <laughs> that, <laughs> <And now laughs> hear that. <laughs> I love uh, you. Boo so that shit. That's a great story. It was so hard, yeah, man. Kids at wrestling shows are fantastic, dog. No, it's the best. The
3: one, the one quick anecdote because I don't know if anecdote because I don't know if you've heard this, Ray. Um, We were watching WrestleMania, and it was Braun and Shane in the cage, and. Mm where Shane is on the outside of the cage climbing down and Braun's on the inside of the cage, like, looking at him and screaming at him, like, reaching over the cage. And my nephew's just like, just, just, just punch through the cage! Just punch through the cage! He's right there! And what do you know? Braun cocks back, punches through the cage, grabs, <laughs> grabs Shane and tosses him, because, you know, that's what happened. And my nephew just absolutely lost his mind.
4: So Amazing. Kids, Amazing man. Stuff, that's... Man.
1: Yeah, for, for all you people that are pining for this, pining for that, man, stop, watch it through a kid's eyes, and then you'll get it. Then you'll understand why people are quote-unquote e-drones, why no matter what ridiculous stuff WWE might pull, there's a reason for it because it ain't always about the 45-year-old men.
3: So you if you, just for a moment, if you look through a child's eyes, you might go, you know what? live morgan as a champion for three months was pretty fun
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, we're not gonna do that rob that that was last week that was last week real quick before we cut out of there there, there's an interesting story i read one time it was uh, iron Sheik told this story and and whether it's a shoot whether it's a work i don't know i'm Mm -hmm. just recounting what i read there was something to do he was backstage it was him and nikolai volkov and they were tag team at the time and these kids saw them and they wanted interviews and like Nikolai just kept like, on walking. And it sounds like Iron Sheet gave him what for And He's like, you dumb son of a bitch. He's like, you always stop for the kids. They hmm. like, always stop and talk to the kids. And that that's what it's all about. So uh, Victor Perry, I applaud you for everything that you're doing for these kids. Incredible program, incredible opportunity for these kids. And it puts a smile on my face every time I see something from wrestling club whether it's the kids in class or whether it's the kids at raw it's it's absolutely incredible and like Ray said here just a few minutes ago we need more of that in the world we really do That's good stuff, so man. let's get in here and handle a little bit of uh, some some personal and and, and, and professional um, in-house business with the with the chair radio network uh, it's been about three and a half months since the money in the bank pay-per-view and current men's money in the bank winner austin theory has been running around with that briefcase now and there was a, a post earlier on twitter today questioning the whole thing questioning what's going on with that and my two guest hosts here tonight mr mr rob and and mr cash got into a bit of a, a discussion online today and i, I figured it'd be It'd be, good, it'd be good content to kind of carry that over into the show this
5: <laughs> evening. Um, so,
1: Rob, since I caught your stuff first, why don't you tell me a little bit about how this started? Okay. I never get into the whole nuts and bolts.
2: Okay, so Austin Theory came out last night. Um, At the end of NXT, they had like this kind of three-way thing in the ring with... Um,
4: Kevin Owens had a Kevin Owens show. Yeah. J.D. McDonough with Ilya Dragunov and with Braun Breaker. They got into a fight, as you would expect whenever there's a go-home show. And Ilya was last standing and held the title. And Austin Theory came out with the briefcase and held the briefcase up. Yeah. Well, one
1: one quick side note. J.D., don't Google me.
2: Oh, that is was... The, is the line of the year so oh, far, man. That, that That was an all-time... <laughs> I mean, that was an, look. I, I put that up there. I said that was even a bigger roasting than when uh, Miz got after Enzo that time.
4: I want to touch that too, by the way, because look, please, you look, you about to get cooked. So go ahead, get all right, oh, no, we we'll do. put, Don't Google me on the back burner because we've got cooking to, to get, get cooked, here.
2: brother. Yeah, so no, Austin I'm sorry. Comes, <laughs> Austin Theory comes out with the briefcase, and everybody's like, oh, he might do that here? And then, so one of those uh, websites tweeted, like, well, what do y'all think about this? And I said that, well, Austin Theory is exhibit A, why you don't use the briefcase to try to move somebody up the ladder, basically. That because I'm of the opinion that, and it has been my long-held view, that you gotta, you can't use the plot device to get there you got to already be there the plot device is certification where you already got to okay you can't use the plot device to get up the hill okay you, you get up you got to get up the hill first then they can hand you the plot device which is what money in a bank briefcase is basically okay you can, all right um because i'm able to believe that the more they have to gimmick things up for you to get to the top that means you ain't it okay and if, if you really are it, then they don't have to do all that gimmicking up of stuff. They can just put you there. You can just go there. All right. And you go there. Very simple. Right. Hulk Hogan walked in the door in December and in January, they just booked him to beat that. He beat the Iron Sheik a month later. They, they didn't have to do a whole bunch of gimmickry or nothing. Right. He came in the door. It's obvious. He's the guy. Boom. He wins the title. Okay. Um, but so last year, Biggie had the briefcase last year. What did he do for about a couple of months? He walked straight up to Roman, straight up to Paul Heyman, and just laughed in their face and held up the briefcase. Like, yeah, <laughs> guess what's coming? And then when he finally decided to cash it in, he said, you know, well, I think the he came out and said to, you know, I think Bobby and Randy Orton having a match that night, he, well, and he's the Friday before, he said, I'm coming to Raw, and when you guys are done, I'm pulling this out, and I'm taking that from you. And what did he do? He, it was very simple, and he did exactly that. It was very simple and all that you know what and here with austin theory now they're bringing him now he's coming to nxt with the briefcase why because that's the only title people believe he can actually hold okay because it's pretty obvious at this point that he hasn't passed the believability test to be world champion because if he did, even if he didn't, because no, like, nobody's going to cash in successfully on Roman, okay? We know that's not going to happen. That's just the briefcase is a lost cause this year because they're not going to do that, all right? And then because the only scenario people were coming up with was this convoluted mess where, oh, well, Austin Theory will come in during a match, and he'll make it a triple threat, and he'll pin the other guy, but then somehow they'll say, well, he can only win the world title because of that, right? I mean, so in other words, that means it wasn't going to happen, all right? When you got to come up with that kind of convoluted nonsense, that's not going to happen. Okay, so the briefcase is a lost cause this year. But even with that. It's in the hands of somebody who I do not believe the general audience buys as world champion, because when you have the briefcase, 90 percent of the time you are going to become the champion. So, in essence, when somebody wins the briefcase, that's what you're saying. You're saying that they are going to win that belt with you know using the briefcase. so when you when you put somebody in that position who has not who, you know it has not passed that kind of test of being believable at winning the world championship, you end up in this kind of situation. And the fact that they got him going down to NXt is a tell. It's a tell. That he hasn't passed the test with the audience, and once again they put it on the wrong guy, and and that's what this is. This is evidence of that because Seth Rollins had. He, if Seth Rollins was Mister Money in the Bank, he would not have been walking out there last night.
1: Okay, that, let's let's put a pin in that. I'm, I'm going to bust up in here like Lou Duva. Uh, I'm like, let's get it on. um I see I see. I see. Mr. Cash over here taking notes. He was writing some stuff down a minute ago.
4: Oh, he's got oh. a whole page of
5: notes. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, here we go.
4: <laughs> All right, Mr. Cash, the floor is yours. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, and he hers, he hers, he him, he hers and the they thems of the wrestling universe. <clears throat> My uh, opponent, first off, brought up him- First off, let me let me start here. First and foremost, that I I feel like a lot of the rhetoric is, and you even said so yourself, Rob, that uh, he wasn't good. And you're essentially saying he's not good enough to cash into the main titles going down NXT. Bobby Lashley, when he won the Royal Rumble, was looking at g- going. Catching on, uh, was looking at facing the NXT, uh, ECW champ, the third champ. Charlotte Flair, your queen, fought, picked the NXT champ after winning the uh, Royal Rumble.
2: Oh, let's look, we gotta clarify that for a minute here. since <laughs> you brought it up. Okay. The NXT champion came to her and ran her mouth and got put down at WrestleMania.
4: Okay, no, and she won, but again, she, she could have chose what she wanted. She chose the champion. This champion. So there is a history of people, and I know, I'm. forgive me for not remembering, but I'm pretty sure there's been an NXT, there's been a a, a Money's Bank winner who's threatened the NXT championship as well. This is not a new occurrence. If it was, I could understand where you were coming from. Secondly, let's talk gimmicks. You mentioned that you don't believe that Theory alone has done enough to be at the level of where the the money in the bank will help him. I would like to argue against that by saying that all this stuff is a gimmick. The money in the bank briefcase was a gimmick for everybody. The Royal Rumble is a gimmick. King of the Ring is a gimmick, right? So Stone Cold winning the Royal Rumble three times was a gimmick for him to get to a point. Right. Every Royal Rumble winner is a gimmick to get them in the main event of WrestleMania. The Money in the Bank champion, the Money in the Bank briefcase, is a gimmick to get them a championship match and possibly get them to a certain point. So, I believe it makes more sense for people who aren't ready, in the eyes of people, to get the gimmick to get them to a certain point. What good would it be? We all, maybe, maybe not some, maybe not you guys. And Rob, you might be the person that didn't do this. But a majority of people were very upset at this this year's Royal Rumble because the winners were people who didn't need it. Brock and Ronda. Brock lost the world title match that night and then got another one. When he could have gotten any world title match he wanted because he's Brock Lesnar. Now, a person who's not in that space can use that I'll, I'll cite I'll I'll cite you Shinsuke Nakamura. When Shinsuke won the Royal Rumble, he was the perfect person who was at a place who was believable, but needed that ascension to get to that spot. Right, that's the type of thing that these gimmicks, in my opinion, are made for, which is why Theory having the champ having the briefcase is the perfect vehicle for him to be in the world championship position or win a championship. Um, Another thing I want to mention is You spoke about believability I wrote that down right I mentioned this to you earlier In our back and forth But people, you don't think people Believe in Theory as a champion Number one Even before he won the briefcase Theory was holding his own Against some of the top Or some of the biggest babyfaces in the company Finn Balor, Mustafa Ali Drew Drew, uh, McIntyre Bobby Lashley. When Bobby Lashley had a series of U.S. title matches because he was U.S. champ. They right? were incredible matches. It should be noted they were incredible matches. Thank you. By the way, that's another thing. He doesn't get enough credit for this because, you know, he was an asshole and did some stupid shit he shouldn't have done and because he's a muscle head, but he's a really good professional wrestler. Doesn't get enough credit for it, right? But... um. I would like to cite to you this, speaking of vehicles or gimmicks, right? The gimmick of the stooge of the boss or the boss's champion goes back, we're talking Vern Gagne, Stan Hand. like it it goes back forever. And it works perfectly because the most over person in that company is the guy who books the company. Vince McMahon was the most over person in WWE. Tony Khan is the most over person in AEW. It just is what it is because they're the ones making the decision. And every good thing that they do or happens in a company, fans take it as, well, they gave it to us. So with Vince using his heat to put over Theory, man, Theory could lose 25 matches in a row. And Vince will be like, here's your championship. And the fans will eat it up. I think so much. We're so smart now. We know the business so much that we don't look at things from a perspective of what makes sense. We look at things from a perspective of what we like or don't like, which is fine, but it's it's okay that he's not liked. It's okay that he's not popular. It's okay that people don't think he deserves it because he doesn't. That's the story. When he got put in the Money in the Bank match, the story was he didn't deserve it because what happened that night? He lost earlier that night. He didn't deserve to be put in that match but he was. And the heat went to Vince, which then Vince gave back to him. The the Pat McAfee match at WrestleMania. He lost to a non-wrestler. But y'all don't remember that. Because what happened right after? Vince got the heat back and gave it back to Theory. So, when you're talking about buying into this dude, the beauty of... If this was a babyface, right? if this was Mustafa Ali holding the championship, I'm using him because very famously, he was screwed out of winning the MIT beat uh, with when Brock's music hit, right? Yeah. When he, he had the champion, when he had the briefcase. If he was holding his briefcase, or Biggie, as you mentioned, babyface, right? It made sense for them to be always around. Because a babyface has to have an air of your word, believability. Don't know he do need no damn believability. You know what he needs to do? Make you mad. Make you want to see them lose. And Austin Theory has done his job fantastically. The the most the biggest joy of of people have gotten so much joy in seeing Brock or or Tyson Fury or Roman beat the shit out of him when he tries to cash in because people don't want him to do it. That is money. So so my I think it's dope that he's going NXT because number one. It's going with the new company edict that NXT is very clearly a developmental brand, but we want to still give it the gravitas so that when, I don't know, Tony D'Angelo gets called up, he don't got to wait nine months before he can get over, he'll right. be over immediately. So it helps when you got a guy like Austin Theory, who at this point, everybody knows, brings one of the most recognizable icons in the history of WWE to NXT and says, oh, hey, you three guys right, wrestling for this title? Just to let you know, I'm looking at y'all, too. He may never cash in on that. He, he could cash in on Roman after the Logan Paul match. We don't know. But the fact that he went down there just ups the level of prestige for the NXT Championship. Yeah. I think Jason had something he wanted to pop in
1: there, and I've got – I want to kind of dissect where, where I think Rob was going with this for a minute, and then we'll wrap back around. Jason, go ahead.
3: Well, I want to just point out that the, the I think we're kind of chasing our tail when it comes to the the gimmick. Is the elevation device, is the elevation the gimmick? When this stuff works, when someone wins a Money in the Bank briefcase, they might as well already be champion, even if they'd never been champion once. Like, it, it feels like they're, they're, it's just we're one step away now. It's not something that they go, okay, maybe we're. I don't see they ever use it as a test because every time I think they have, it's been kind of, it's fallen kind of flat. Like I think it is with theory right now. Obviously, that's because of Roman. But just because your point about the Royal Rumble, I'm like, they haven't used that as an elevation device in forever. Because I mean, uh, maybe Nakamura. Nakamura is probably the last one. Um, but other than that, I mean, look at the, the the last mirrors. The last winners have all been main eventers already. Um, but and we've done that on a previous show, actually. But uh, I just think, a, you're running into the problem with Roman. Roman's not going to get cashed in on, or he might. He's just going to lose. And what? And why does that stink? Well, because no one wants to see a failed cash-in. F- failed cash-ins are horrible. No one likes them. And so you're also shooting that gimmick in the foot for a year. So you put it on a guy nobody's really happy about. You get him all the way to the—you have him run around, like, how many months with this thing? And God forbid if it goes any longer. Three months and, then he cash, and then he cashes in— I guess we get a good laugh because we like Roman being champion and obviously every time he's got mo- Austin's got molly Wap before, we've all laughed. But it's like, aha, okay. Wow, another year where the Money in the Bank briefcase didn't do shit, huh? Because also I'd point to the year Baron Corbin won it. That dude was not ready to be a world champion and they knew it and they pulled the rug out from under him. I'll tell you, this Baron Corbin would be. yeah, uh, 2022
1: but- Baron Corbin would be a believable
3: Money in the Bank winner. Absolutely. Whatever year that was, like 2017, 18? Yeah,
2: 2017, yeah.
4: 2017, yeah.
3: 2017, he wasn't quite there yet. And that's why he failed his cash-in, and they they pulled the plug. I think, um, and I it think was a better
4: example of that is
3: Otis. Well, yeah. and, and, oh, and Otis was another great example, of course. Yeah, and then,
2: uh, to, to jump in here, well, that's what I mean, because, all right. If, because, look, people believing in you as being that as being ready for that is part of the whole deal and booking only does booking doesn't alone doesn't accomplish that right i mean so, like even like, during the height of people hate hating roman reigns nobody said that he didn't look the part okay nobody said that he wasn't believable winning the world championship there were just a bunch of people who didn't want him to win it right that's the difference there can be people who don't want you to win something because they don't like you or whatever, right?
4: So, or, so what's unbelievable about Boston Theory
2: Just uh, like
4: and 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 don't don't and, and if I'm am asking if, if you don't mind, don't speak from. Uh, this is what Rob likes or doesn't like. Okay, no, He's cause, completely no, be unbiased.
2: Because no, because look, I'm no, I'm look, I'm saying that you no, know, just he has all of the tools to be there, and I'm not saying never. I'm just saying, as of today that I don't think that he's past that threshold. Why? What is Just it for all right, for people who just watch the television show. Okay. Not us. Because we watched him in NXT. We watched him in Evolve. We read about him. We know all this stuff about him. All of that stuff. Okay. So yes, we all believe that he has what it takes to be a world champion. Yes, we do. Because we, we read all this insider information. We watch him in all the different places, all this stuff. Okay. But the people who have only what who just watch Raw or SmackDown on television, mm-hmm. what what have they seen him do? They've seen him kiss Vince McMahon's ass. They've seen him take selfies. They've seen him. Now you said he had these great matches with people, yes, but he doesn't win those matches. The only person Not he important. beat was Finn. The only person he beat was Finn Balor. Not
1: important. He beat Mustafa Ali.
2: And okay, I, I and, don't know
1: what kind
4: of weight that carries right now, but, he beat but Mustafa look, look, Ali.
2: Look, we love Mustafa he Ali. He won one of those but,
4: matches against Lash because he defended. Look, yeah.
2: Well, wait. He lost. He lost the matches to Bobby. He lost the title to Bobby, and he lost to him again in Summerslam, and he he never beat Bobby. Okay, and with the wins Bobby and losses, difference.
4: he never pinned Bobby.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay, with the wins and losses, okay, the actual the number total of wins and losses aren't don't matter, but if people see you lose, 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 if they see you lose repeatedly on television, that absolutely does matter.
1: Well, let me let me stop you there, Rob. Let me let's go back to the aforementioned Baron Corbin. Aside from Dolph Ziggler on Monday night, when's the last time Baron Corbin won a match? Like, legitimately, what, let's not not a match, a feud. Baron Corbin has spent the last three years getting that ass whipped by everybody,
2: and right, he is
1: still a believable threat. And you know, because
2: and there's a and because he has done, he's imp- because of the character work. I mean, he he has. Okay, it's not just because of booking, right? He has improved as a performer. Okay, when when he was the Lone Wolf Baron Corbin in 2017, uh, he uh, he was there wasn't really much there.
1: I'll say it, the Lone Wolf sucked.
2: Yes, exactly. It, it really did. It sucked. As as a, a, yes, there was there was nothing to that as a character. Right. It sucked. Okay, since then, all right, he has improved as a character. All right. The same way. Look, Seth Rollins loses all the time, but he. Thank you. That's what I was
4: going to use. Yeah. But
2: but okay. But his his character work is. And but also, Seth Rollins does not lose on TV all the time. Seth Rollins. Yes, he does. No, Seth Rollins loses all the time at house shows. Okay.
4: No, he lost every match almost on TV for a year. No, I, no, that is yeah, not. Man. Do you want me to look it up, Ray? Do you? You no, want No, me? no, no. I'll, okay, I'll do it. No, 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 no
2: Rob,
3: uh, <laughs> Ray, he's right, and Rob is right he loses the match on pay-per-view he spent a year losing the feud losing the match on pay-per-view he was not taking l after l after l after l after l, after l every every week
2: no and he a was difference. on an obs-
3: yeah there, want- and there's a huge difference
2: Let- there's a huge because di- like for prime example um because i brought her up last week do drop do drop is getting beat like a drum on television all year there is a different when people see you lose on television all year you look like a loser okay. uh,
1: see. to me as much as i like dewdrop as a wrestler personally and again and i'm going to get to this in a minute i find more presence from austin theory as a character like he irritates the crap yeah. out of me yeah. i no, want to well, see him get punched in the face but what i want to do is you, you spoke a minute ago we look at this as quote unquote smart fans you know guys who you know we see what we like we see what we am we know that he's a great worker, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, uh, would you pulled up? I think he's. What are you pulling up? This uh, win loss records here, Bubba.
4: From from the from January 2022 until now, I want you to look at. This is the win. This is the wins. This is the losses. I remember
2: how many house shows? I how many house shows? How many house shows?
4: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go show by show. Yeah, take the house Monday shows. Night out. Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Bobby Lashley loses that match. Monday Night Raw. He beats Big E. Good for him. Monday Night Raw, Bobby Lashley loses. Smackdown, him and him and Seth, he wins that match. <laughs> Smackdown, that's a dark match. They don't count. Uh, he won that match by DQ, but we know he got his ass beat. Riddle beat Seth. Doesn't Robbie. matter. He still won. Okay.
3: Oh, and I'm saying a lot of these are probably going to be by hook or by crook. He won via disqualification or won via this. Won so via we're going to
4: change. We're going to change the conversation. No, we're gonna Make change we're gonna change it. No, hold on, we're no. gonna change it
3: to how a heel wins in this
2: company. Okay. Look, when I say lose, okay, if you if okay, I should have been more specific, okay. By losing, I mean see, people see back. you get pinned on television, okay. Yeah,
3: flat on your back taking the ale. Getting, de- like, get,
2: getting disqualified is not the same as getting pinned. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if
3: see
4: how the story changed, DJ, right? Oh um, no. <laughs> Hey, hey, let me move the goalposts here a little
2: bit. No. Okay. Austin Theory has been getting pinned. He has been getting pinned left and right. Okay. So, if there's a difference do, between losing and getting
3: your ass whooped,
2: <clears throat> Steph, if, Steph if Rollins all, lost a lot. If all you do is watch the television shows and you have seen Austin Theory get beat a lot, okay, he just got beat by Johnny Gargano a couple of weeks ago. Okay, um, clean as a whistle. Okay, and he he, got- he he has gotten beaten a lot. He gets pinned a lot. Okay, and and I maintain I will die on the hill that the regular people who just watch the television show have not seen him in a light that would say he should that he would be the world champion. He should be world champion, or that he's ready to be world champion. Okay, okay. and Dude,
3: he got whooped by his own
2: daddy on TV. And look, and you know what? And look, come on, Roman. And, and see, and those, no, Johnny. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. See, and those people that I'm talking about who don't believe, they don't go on Reddit and make a bunch of comments. They don't tweet a bunch of stuff. You know what they do? They just stop watching the show while he's champion, because they think this guy, yeah, it's whatever. Okay, that's what they do. Those are the people that just stopped watching when Jinder Mahal was champion. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't make much comments. They just stopped watching because, like, no, this guy sucks. Okay. And that's what they do, okay?
1: Let's get a boots-on-the-ground perspective because I was at SmackDown a couple months ago. Jason was at SmackDown the weekend after me. Jason, was Austin Theory at that SmackDown?
3: He was. He was confronted by one Mr. Brock Lesnar.
1: What kind of reaction did Austin Theory get? Notwithstanding Lesnar's appearance, that crowd in Boston, what kind of reaction did Austin Theory get?
3: I'll tell you, 100% honest from hand on my mother's grave tepid 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 just like oh boo like there were general smattering of boos you're supposed to boo the heel but it wasn't like any sort of big heel reaction
1: i see in orlando by contrast they were all over his ass oh wow and they, they were and, and i looked around because you know you always hear you see online oh they're piping in the crowd noise tonight they're piping it in i'm looking around in Orlando because i watched for a few, there's a few different wrestlers that they always say they pipe in the crowd noise and those are the ones i was paying attention to and i'm looking around in orlando and they're genuinely on austin theory's ass and, nice. and maybe maybe it varies town to town and you know and okay. this is fact um, some towns are heel towns, some towns are baby-based towns, some towns react, some towns suck. Okay. Mm-hmm. Orlando is traditionally a hot crowd for wrestling. So mm-hmm. maybe it was just my crowd. Um, maybe it was just that night, but I mean they popped got they popped for um Natalie. You know, they 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 popped for Natalia. You I'm know, Natalia, we could so sit here and that argue all day long that nobody pops for Natalia.
4: Orlando popped for Natalia. Okay, so so, first and foremost, and th- we don't even have to get further into this, I am nobody, there's, Jesus himself could come down, I'll lie for my friends of other faiths, I, and tell me that wins and losses matter, and I'll, I'm going to look at you in your face and be like, no they don't. So that's, but that's just me. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make that the crux of the argument, that's just me. More importantly, I believe, and again, I could be very wrong, this is just me speaking, that what's more important to a quote-unquote casual fan than seeing someone win or lose is seeing someone that interests them, that they can remember. I've seen many of these... Um, have you ever seen some of those um, tweets or or Facebook posts or something where they show like the current roster and they ask a person who they are and the only ones they can name is like Triple H, Randy Orton, and then... Uh, This guy, you know, uh, Otis is the uh, big mechanic guy or something super like that because nobody knows who they are. But if you're memorable, it's easier to get interested in that person. Well, they win or lose, right? That's why babyfaces get so over because they lose all the goddamn time. Most of them do. But they do shit that's memorable, right? So I get the smart crowd hates the selfie shit. But in this day and age, that is one of the greatest things you could use as a gimmick. Is after you beat somebody, take a selfie with him, and then they got the AR where they put it in his entrance. It's genius. So awesome theory, number one, is memorable. And I get you you may disagree, and that's fine. We can disagree on that. But number one, he's memorable. Number two, kid is a looker. You don't look at that kid and be like, oh, I don't remember him. If you were to see put him in a lineup with a Twenty other random wrestlers. You will remember the kid. Am I wrong on that? No,
1: he, he passes you know. the eye test. I see what you're saying. For sure.
4: Yep. So it's, so it's like because <clears throat> we're talking we're, we're not speaking about smarks anymore or people who are really into the wrestling. We're talking about people who may flip on and flip off. Right. Right. Forgive me for not thinking that that, that person. If you're not watching already. That person ain't staying to watch a 20-minute match to see who wins and who loses who goes over. That person is watching to see what. While my while my eyes are on this show, what do I remember? One of my very best friend on this earth watched wrestling with me as a kid. Couldn't care less about it anymore. But when I'm around, he may pop in with me or not. Right? I took him to a show with me the other day. Uh, to uh, the last show I went to it was a Raw, and the only things he was paying attention to was the shit that got him interested. Other than that, he was sitting playing on his phone. Bianca Belair caught his attention. Why? The hair and all, you know, the majorette attitude? That shit caught his attention, right? Seth Rollins caught his attention. Of course, he lost his mind when the people he knew popped out. Edge, Roman, these people, right? Stuff like that. But he wasn't checking for these other people. But he, anything that caught his eye was like, wait a minute, what's that? And would ask me, who was that? What do they do a perfect example you know who he hated he hated montez ford we loved him we as fans loved him but he was like he don't come off as genuine to me and and i was like oh well we look at him we think he's gonna be possibly the next rock he was like ain't no way in hell and it was just to see from a casual's eyes right so as long as we're you're we're watching and there's something you can remember you should be good and i can't name with the exception of, like the top, 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 like the guys who don't wrestle every week, there's not ten people on the main roster who, just by looks and by gimmick, you are more memorable than Austin Theory right now. With even without the briefcase.
1: Let me ask you this: we talked we talked about a week or two ago about wins and losses, whether or not they matter, whether. Obviously, to a degree, they matter to the smart fan. I think Rob's argument is <clears throat> the wins and losses matter to the casuals. Let me let me pose it to you this way, Ray. I, and I'm going to use Ricochet as my example. Mm-hmm. Ricochet has been getting his ass whipped for the better part of a year. Mm-hmm. At this point, aside from his brief little um, here, hold this for a minute, intercontinental championship run. Mm-hmm. I, as a casual, if Gunther puts up the Intercontinental Championship in an open challenge yeah. and Ricochet answers. My first thought is Gunther's winning. Yeah. Like for me, the ending in that match has already been spoiled. And I okay. think to Rob's point, when you look at Austin Theory, if Bobby Lashley hypothetically is still the U.S. Championship, U.S. Champion, and Austin Theory's music's hit and Austin Theory has gone on a 15 week losing streak on live TV. Mm-hmm. is the ending of the match spoiled for you as a casual, not as a smart fan, not as somebody who knows what we're watching, but as a casual viewer, Austin Theory's music hits, he comes out with the briefcase, he's walking out there, is your first thought, oh, he might beat this guy? Or is for
4: you the ending of that match already spoiled? And that's a good point. And I'll cede I'll that point. But my argument is this. Now let's bring into the fact that he's a money to make champion. Because what I not talking... We've talked, we've talked, and we can continue to talk. I'm not trying to change the subject. Right. We can continue to talk about Austin Theory as a character on his own, but I want to talk about what the crux of the discussion started as, in Austin Theory as a Money in the Bank champion, because the beauty of that situation to me is just as you described. If I were to hear this person come out and say here's an open challenge, and Austin Theory comes out, do I automatically think he's going to win or lose? When he got the briefcase, it don't matter. And i and w- what i'm saying is hmm, gimmick matters alignment matters all this that's what makes wrestling so beautiful because it's not mma right if israel adesanya were to say anybody in 170 pounds what's up 185 pounds come holler at me ain't many people gonna beat the dude right but that's real fighting we're talking about a a, a scripted entertainment spectacle right so Sometimes, a will put it to you like this. Let me flip it for you. In all of our careers, all of us know a dude or a lady. The dudes can be ladies. Ladies can be dudes, I mean. um, Who we know we're better than. We know we're more talented than. We know we're more deserving than. But they get moved up over us for various reasons. Whether they suck up to the boss. Whether it's nepotism. Whether they the person doesn't like us, some some kind of way, right? And you know how that makes you feel? Does that not make you feel angry? Yeah. Now you got this kid who, in kayfabe, probably don't even deserve to be there. He's there earlier than everybody else. He so throws it in your face. Immediately starts using selfies and throwing it in your face and I'm beating you with the pictures. Then goes and sucks up to the boss and becomes the boss's lackey. And because of that, gets put in all these positions he doesn't deserve and is now almost practically given the most prestigious accolade you can get outside of a championship in the company. And he's still losing because he's not better than them. But, you know, eventually when he catches in, if he becomes champion, well, he champion. That is a story that's been told in wrestling since 1975. The undeserving heel
2: okay. champion. Am I wrong? Okay, let me let me, all right, let me let me let me elaborate on my point from about the winning and the losing. Okay, you, you're talking about the gimmick and all that. Okay. Yes, sir. Sonya Deville has a good gimmick right now, right? She looks mm-hmm. good. She has a good gimmick right now. When Sonya Deville's music hits, when she comes out there, you know she ain't winning. You know why? Because she has repeatedly on television in front of the whole world come out there and got beaten like a drum in short order by multiple people. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, okay. Bianca had an open challenge a few weeks ago and everybody's like, Oh, who's going to be? Who's going to be? The name Sonia Deville comes up on the Titan Tron and her music hits and everybody's like, Oh shit.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Why? Cause you knew what was going to happen as soon as their name came up there because Absolutely. you've seen what happens through her all year. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, she ain't got no chance. Because of what has happened okay you you know she's got no chance because you've seen her get beat by all these different people all year so yes by that standpoint the winning and the losing does matter because you saw her get beat by all of these people okay um when if um carmella challenged bianca earlier this year you knew she wasn't winning why because we've seen carmella get title matches for the past several years she gets a title match she does a good job she loses we have seen it repeatedly over and over and over and over so when her mu- if she's challenging the current champion when her music hits you know what's going to happen all right okay. you're going to get a good okay. enough you, you'll get a decent match you'll get a good match some a lot of times but she ain't winning and so yes the winning and losing does matter because it establishes that kind of thing when when it does, okay. If if the winning, the winning and the losing, if, if you lose enough where people know you're not gonna beat this person, then it absolutely matters. Okay? okay. And so with Austin theory, people have been seeing him lose, seeing him get beat. And yes, the matches with Bobby were good matches, but what what, what always happened? Eventually, you know, Bobby gets his shit together. And once Bobby gets the shit together late in the match, Theory's dead. Okay. Um, So we've seen him taking these losses. We've seen him losing stuff all year. And who, and, okay. And, you know, Jason was talking about the Royal Rumble, right? No, they don't use the Royal Rumble to elevate. Royal Rumble is a certification. It's not elevation. Still disagree. Who was the last person? Okay, no, no, no. Okay. It is a certification. Kyra, Bianca, Belair, that, Oscar, that a Bianca was already there.
4: They so okay. Was. It was clear. that yeah, they were. Pushing,
2: no, that was. the no, certification. Yeah, she it was, was, uh, no, it was clear. No, was next. She wasn't the world the champion. It was given her. Okay. No. No. no, you knew. Everybody knew she
4: was winning the damn match that night. Okay. Okay. It wasn't so okay. people, everybody just because, knew. Just because, just because you and, have an idea who's going to win the match doesn't mean. That they were already at the world title. They were already pushing her like that, though. Okay, they were already doing it, but she was. We're talking two different things again. The point, the, the 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 statement was: was she world champion material? Was she being pushed strong? Yes. Was she the 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 expectation to win that night? Yes. Was she in the world title picture or being discussed for the world title? No, she wasn't, dude. Hey. From the moment she walked in the door,
2: everybody
3: knew. That, that, that that, that, that's that's, that's part Your story Bianca Belair is really bad. weird, Ray. Right? Because as soon as she, everyone's pissed off she didn't win the NXT Women's
4: Championship. See, now, Wait, so as, as soon as talk, she walked in the door, and raw, wow, they're like, "Strap her up, let's go." So exactly. now we're talking. There was never in doubt. Bias that was never in Versus doubt. what we're seeing on screen. These are two different conversations. Because if you're talking about what we personally all believe, damn right. We're well, that's part about, of it. No, it's not, and that's my thing. point. No, it's not, and it that shouldn't is. ever be. But you want it to be. No, should it shouldn't be. They didn't no, believe in Jinder Mahal. They did everything you he was supposed to do. didn't believe in Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is one of my favorite title reigns of the past past few years. I loved everything about Jinder Mahal. You didn't. We're, talk, no, we're talking. I, I was a Jinder Mahal fan. I like Jinder Mahal too. But again, we're talking personal beliefs and wants versus what we are seeing on screen. That's what we're doing. That, There's a major difference. And if we're talking what we see on screen, to pardon Bianca and her, and to you, Bianca and her. Okay, you know what I see on screen?
3: A really handsome United States champion. Who's you that's not a world champion.
4: Forgive me. Who's United States champion right now?
3: Uh, Austin. No, I'm. I'm saying. Okay, you want me to look at Austin? Oh, no, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, that's I'm looking what, at Austin Theory, not, and I go. What,
4: okay, I mean, he's a United States champion. That's not what I mean. Okay, and that's where you live. That's not what I mean this is what I mean. Wrestling is the only entertainment medium in where we won't allow what the showrunner tells us to be the canon for the show. It's the only thing. There's no other entertainment medium where we do that. So, for example, you talk about wins and losses. If such and such wins this many matches, I'll give you a perfect example. Alistair Black a few years ago. Alistair Black didn't lose for a year and a half. But he was never put in any position of prominence. So all these matches he's he's supposedly winning, he's not in any title matches. He's not in any main event matches. He's not in any major feuds. He's just winning matches to win matches, right? Just looking on screen, not taking my opinion, not taking my bias, not taking everything, going by what the show is telling me, he's not important. What the show's telling me. Right, Bianca Belair from the moment no, she No, but if they wanted to turn if they wanted to
3: turn that on a dime and suddenly give him the championship match, you'd go, "Oh, that's believable," because he's been knocking people's heads off for a year and a half. No, if okay. he had
4: been getting his shit pushed in, it'd be entirely different. Okay, would it be? Because the men's just won a world championship, and he gets his shit pushed in every week. It's the, that's his gimmick.
3: And- his,
1: that's
5: Please. what I'm talking
4: what? about. That's my point. I'm going to play. I'm going to side with Ray on
1: this one because Miz yes. is the perfect example. You're and Austin right the Theory is this generation's and Miz.
2: Lem, and let me let me jump in here now. Let me jump in here now. Okay. When the Miz was world champion the first time, they had to call Dwayne Johnson to come back and host WrestleMania. That's not necessarily true, but Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, will, uh, I will. They, they, they called Dwayne we, Johnson to come back and host WrestleMania because they weren't doing too well.
4: Okay. They didn't call him because of the Miz, because the Miz hadn't won the title yet. But I No, but they, they called him because they needed him. Okay. And, and actually, if facts. Well, when we did like you him. make that call? I, 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 I'm, I hate to be the well actually guy, but actually, Dwayne called them. Dwayne said he wanted to come back. Okay, yeah. fine.
2: Okay, fair enough. Uh, and, but,
1: and, to, and to further argue that point, they called Dwayne while CM Punk was champ as well so you well, can't oh. exactly you can't oh, well, exactly well, hey,
2: you, you, you know i got no problem cosigning that right look, yeah, I, exactly, yeah look, I, I we don't know like how we feel about day.
1: chicago phil on this show oh yeah, we don't right, need look, to go down but, that road
5: again
2: but um
1: but, no i i absolutely see austin theory as this generation's miss he's not going to win them all he ain't going to win a lot of them but he's going to be that guy that you want to see get punched in the face okay, me, and let me, let me, just because he's running around with the money in the bank briefcase doesn't mean he actually has to have a successful cash in quite frankly i'm okay once in a while like from a storyline standpoint it makes sense occasionally someone's got to lose and in recent memory baron corbin is the only one who has unsuccessfully cashed in
3: give it to miss the otis
1: thing was an anomaly because it was in the middle of the pandemic and they're like you know what it's the the money in the bank briefcase and all the pomp and circumstance that goes with it is an in front of a crowd gimmick yeah. and it was never going to work in the thunderdome with no crowd. So what are you going to do with this? Let's just, you know, make chicken salad out of chicken shit and do the best we can and we got 6 months of story between law and Otis and everything going on with Otis carrying around that It was the most ridiculous thing ever absolutely. But what else are you going to do with it at the during that period of time? You've got you're you're pretty much on lockdown for an indefinite period of time. But you have this storyline that you have to continue with the money in the bank. You just can't put it on hold. I will defend Otis winning that thing. That's the hill I'll die on because it was the right decision for that period of time. Austin Wait. Theory Wait. can walk Otis around with to? this thing for another eight months and tease everything from the NXT championship to the 24-7 championship as a cash-in and end up— and. For me, it would fit right along with the gimmick if he has an unsuccessful cash-in. The guy's 25 years old. He's got another 10 years to cook. And and do I look at him now and say, okay, yeah, I can see that guy as, you know, in 10 years being at the top of the card? Absolutely. But there's no guarantee that that he's going to actually successfully cash in. And I'll lean in on something that, you know, our boss, the guy that signs the checks, kayfabe, um, Such Greg threat. DeMarco said, <laughs> um, he said, this whole storyline is something Triple H inherited from Vince. Obviously, Vince Obviously probably so. had a much different scenario in mind for what he was going to do with Austin Theory. Triple H is going to do whatever he wants to do with it. And at the end of the day, if the exclamation point is Austin Theory finally comes out to cash in and gets his ass handed to him, I, I think it's on brand for the gimmick.
2: Well, I think that was going to happen regardless. I think yeah, I think yeah. even if Vince was still there, that was going to happen. Because um, I, mean, I said this on Twitter, if, if Vince was going to try to pull that shit and have him successfully cash in, Roman would have hit him with the not going to work for me, brother.
1: Well, yeah, and that's yeah, the thing yeah. I think everybody missed. Vince being so high on Austin Theory, just the way I interpreted it, was a complete rip. Like, it really was a rib. And at the end of the day, Austin Theory was not going to successfully cash in the money in the bank
4: briefcase, Maybe. whether Vince retired or not. That may have actually been where it ended because that's a good. Um, that I didn't think about that as being the end. Two quick things. Number one, I heard Jason say Otis oh, was interesting. You're damn right, there's a bunch of people that found Otis interesting at that time. Secondly, there's, I don't there's
3: think a lot of now what with Otis of, 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 if he hadn't cashed in if he had won. It's, there's a lot of now what there. Yeah, and Otis, I think Otis what, fails the now what test. Uh, right, you know, Otis fails well, yeah, Exactly. That. And that's what I think Rob's talking about with uh with uh Mr. Theory
4: here. Um, so. I don't think with your point earlier that you made Rob about wins and losses matter because it sets the, basically the scene for you. My disagreement is this. This sport, this is a, this is this is not a this is not a a, a a real. Competitive sport, it's it's scripted. So the wins and losses are just story and story arcs to get you to the next thing. The next the next angle, the next moment, the next feud, the next segment. You know, you know what I'm saying? So if and and I know we're lost, I I feel, and maybe I'm I'm off on this, but I feel that what's lost in this debate we're having is the importance of A gimmick, a heel gimmick, a heel gimmick where a guy is getting more than he deserves to get, where a guy proves honky-tonk was losing, was getting his ass beat in every match and then cheated to win to get out of there. Ric Flair, all all of his heel title reigns. He wasn't out there beating everybody. He was sneaking by by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin, right? We knew he could out-wrestle everybody in in the entire country. But that was the gimmick. That was the story. So this dude is doing a damn good job because he's memorable in how he looks. He's memorable in the things he does. He's memorable in his even his fucking little sayings. It's, you know, especially if you were a fan of 2000s hip-hop, A-Town down. Come on, dog. We all yeah. know that. You know what I'm saying? So... And ultimately, if he wins, if he loses, if he gets the championship, if he doesn't get the championship, if he cashes in, he doesn't cash in. The great, the most, the, the most reputable contenders lose title matches. The most reputable people, people who are real shooters, lose title matches. Guys who haven't lost. Oscar had a fucking 17-year winning streak and lost. title match like it so if the best people can lose why can't the worst people win that is scripted.
2: okay but okay what okay and i'm going back to the believability thing here all right Dolph Ziggler okay why did people give up on Dolph Ziggler because we lost him
4: Regular, Regular, but, I'll no, blow my nose. I just didn't want to be
2: discussed. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, okay,
4: gotcha.
2: Okay. Dolph okay, Dolph Ziggler, great wrestler. At one point, Dolph Ziggler was really hot. P- and a lot of fans gave up on Dolph Ziggler because time and again they didn't pull the trigger with him. Time and again, he kept he just kept losing his matches. He kept losing. He kept and he kept losing. Yep. And people saw him lose over yep. and over and over again. And to the point where people, where a lot of people gave up on him becoming anything
4: big. Absolutely. Why? They saw him lose. Question for you, sir. Over and over. Two quick questions. Is he a heel? Does he have a gimmick that allows him to win while losing?
2: Okay. Right now? Sure. Uh, But what I'm saying is that people gave up on him. There was a time in 2012 2013 where these fans saw him as that they saw him as you remember the way the crowd went up when he cashed in the briefcase uh uh-huh they were okay people were hot for that they were okay they believed that he was that guy in 2013 Mm -hmm. and then a couple years later they didn't believe that anymore and one of the main reasons that they didn't believe it anymore because he got beat so many times Mm hmm Um, I'm
1: going to interject something about Dolph Ziggler. I'm a Dolph Ziggler fan, and I'm 100% on board with Rob. I never understood why they never pulled the the trigger on the guy. But one thing I've noticed about Ziggler's career is when was Ziggler hot? When he was surrounded by people. His gimmick was he was surrounded by Vicky Guerrero. He was surrounded by Big E. He was surrounded by Bobby Roode. He was surrounded by people. In the times when it was just Ziggler having to exist on his own, and I'm saying this as a fan, he struggled to find himself, to to set himself apart aside from being a great wrestler guy. He cuts a great promo. He's a good-looking dude. He's an elite athlete in the ring, but when I look at the, the, the different eras of the Dolph Ziggler career, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. The times he's up, he's aligned with someone. Okay. And I think that's because he struggled to find an identity beyond all
2: those other the dirty
1: dogs, the time with Vicky, the time with Big E. I, okay. Somebody and, correct me if uh, I'm wrong.
2: Okay, but and, no, no, but and what, in 2013, people believed he was world champion material. Well, in it, 2013 he was also twenty nine years old. And that's fine, but <laughs> you know? yes, but believing matters. Okay. Why okay, do no no
4: no no? Hold on. Why do they believe, Rob? Because he won a bunch of stuff. No, he didn't. He won. He, he, he won money back. in the bank.
2: He beat yeah, he John did. Cena in the TLC match. Okay, on the paper. John review. Cena beat him
4: like seven times, and that was the one time he won in the match. He didn't have to pin him in.
2: He won the one, but people
4: people believed they saw him win stuff. They did. No, no, Rob. Yes, they, they didn't did. Believe, they didn't know they didn't because he didn't win a lot. Go back and look. He, they believed in him. He beat he because... beat Chris Jericho in a
2: retirement match. Chris Jericho had to retire. And goddamn, Chris Jericho's still working, so Dolph
1: Ziggler failed at that, too. Well, fine. Okay, but... <laughs> I don't know, I just threw that out there.
2: Okay, but <laughs>
4: like, J- believe- Jason
2: said, like Jason said about Austin Theory, he looks at the Austin Theory, he's a, he's, he's a handsome United States champion.
4: And that is a personal feeling. That's and a, I,
2: and a- I'm willing to
4: bet that there are a lot more people who feel that way than who feel
2: like he's world champion material today.
4: That's fine. They're not booking the show, and this is not a real sport it doesn't matter who's the who's world champion material it matters who the booker chooses to be champion so i'm trying to explain the to you dog is... if
3: there if 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 we go okay but trust me trust me trust me he'll be good and then he's the world champion and then people go away in droves like they did with Jinder Mahal you're not going to hear about it on like twitter you're not going to hear okay. about it in the iwc okay. you're just going to hear you're just gonna all of a sudden say, "Why are the ratings so far down?" I'm glad you. it. the ratings really that too, far like.
1: down because of Gender Mahal? No, like, they, did the ratings really no, take a no, shit because no. Gender? Because I saw a lot of shit on the but internet this, and and the internet pocket shit all over Gender Mahal, but I don't really think I, the the ratings were in a stagnant time anyway. Well, and right. I don't think Gender was the
4: reason. Can and I want to respond to that because that a very good retort. My retort to that is simply this um what what say what you said again i'm sorry i got i, I lost my thought uh,
3: basically were the ratings really that no no low no, no. Because- what, what jason said oh jason i'm sorry said. jason go ahead buddy well just because i i just felt like maybe and maybe the empirical data doesn't back it up but when gender was champion it just kind of sucked everyone was just kind of like this show sucks oh, right, right, right. just kind of sucks this yeah, thing says okay. like, whatever. Got you. And it's like, okay, I don't want to go through that again. I don't oh. want to go through this experiment.
4: That's fair. My retort to you is this no one's saying, oh, he's good, he's good, he's good. We're talking about if he's worthy of being MITB champ, and if he's and if he's him possibly winning the championship. Okay. Let's again, let's not look at this from a personal bias standpoint. From a I didn't like that or I did like that. Let's look at this from as you use empirical data. Do his do, do his segments drip, dip? How do segments do? Does he get any Does he get any talk on socials? How's his socials? Bro, going? I was gonna say Rob Does Does How's his merch doing? Is he selling merch? Because that's the that's those are the, the precursors we have, right? And again, if his title reign doesn't work, he'll lose the title. Wait, his I'm going to
1: piggyback on what Ray just said because I found something yesterday. Yesterday I found this extreme when we talk about you know social media and, and I'm going to use Liv Morgan here. I found out something very, very interesting and rather polarizing to me. We love Bianca Belair and we've talked about Bianca Belair here just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I went over to Liv Morgan's Twitter. Or Liv Morgan's Twitter One point one million followers something like that somebody anybody take a wild guess at how many people are following bianca belair without looking and with if unless you if you already know don't answer but how many people do you think are following bianca belair
2: um, i'm gonna guess not as many but i will add that um Liv morgan she actually she is an active she actively uses twitter and i don't, like Bianca posts stuff on Twitter.
3: Bianca uses the it, the way Rob recommends people use it. Yeah,
2: right. But and, so- and, and and there's a different there's a difference between people who actively use their Twitter account to engage and all that stuff, and people and people who just post stuff. There's a difference. Anyway. And um, right. so, Belair how many does she have?
1: Bianca Belair, by comparison, has half as many Twitter followers as Liv Morgan. And I found that to be polarizing, even for as big a star as Bianca is, for as much as they have put her out there, to, to, to only have half as many as Liv Morgan. And to seemingly for Bianca to be more popular than Liv, again, apparently, obviously there are, and we've talked about these markers and these data and these the, these, these different bullet points that WWE looks at when they're gauging who the stars are. There's a lot of data we don't have privy to. And this is, you know, again, Ray's point. What are the 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 outliers that we're not looking at that Austin theory is hitting that we're not seeing that we're not privy to and I think you know it, it, that makes uh, there are things that we don't know and that we may never know and and that's why we consider and we can look at okay why this guy why that girl well here's why
2: Well I would say with theory okay so I'm looking looking up some numbers here for him as far as like his traffic and all of that Well all year they've they put him with Bobby. They put him with Brock Lesnar. They put, on TV. They put him with Roman Reigns. So they they put him with the names, right? So he hasn't really had a whole lot of you know sink or swim on his own time here. Um,
4: okay, and
2: well, it matters. I mean, why? Well, right now I say it's at best it's inconclusive right now. At best,
4: well, why does that matter? We're trying to well,
2: we're trying to figure out why things are going the way they're going and you but you're I'm, acting
4: like they're going bad that's your. well opinion. i
2: would say that the fact that they got him walking out of there on nxt and, and I, I think that's oh,
4: you, no, no, no 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 dj that's okay you're right because kevin owens is apparently trash because he's on nxt, so, he on uh, NXT. okay no, no, there's a different trash because she shizuke nakamura oh. is fairly trash because he went from antonio inoki's funeral to nxt no like, come on man Scooby. what are you, what are you okay. doing okay now,
3: now okay you, no no that's no, no, no. deliberately missing the point. The yes. NXT championship is a demotion from the world championship. It End absolutely of story. is. It
2: absolutely is, okay? And again, I will champion. say I would die on this hill. What? I would. If Seth Rollins was missing money in the bank, Seth Rollins would not have walked out there last night with a damn briefcase. Who
1: well, is the world you're champion? You're comparing Seth Rollins who has so a 10-year nice. WWE career behind him to and Austin four Theory, world titles. Exactly. Exactly.
5: Okay. Almost was in the match.
2: Almost was in the Money in the Bank match. Almost would not have walked out there with a briefcase. Why? Yeah. Because you believe Almost could win the damn match against Roman Reigns. Oh, no, I one
1: hundred percent believe they would walk Almost out on NXT TV with 100%, the briefcase. One hundred percent. And I do not do that.
2: believe that at all. I know 100%. I. I will die on that hill. Yeah.
1: He yeah. I, I can't. I can't compare Austin Theory to Seth Rollins. Okay. Seth Rollins we, has got a decade, multiple championships, and that's fair. And he was. One third of the most
2: important, one of the most important
1: factions in the last fair. decade.
2: But, so. but again, but as we were saying before, when you're the belt holder, when you're in the same space as the belt holders, as when you're in that space, who do you get compared to? You get compared to the belt holders. So, Austin Theory is Mister Money in the Bank. He doesn't just get compared to Otis. He doesn't just get compared to Damian Sandow.
1: Rob's making the Liv Morgan comparison. If you're sitting at the adult table. You don't get handled
2: with kid gloves anymore. Right. Well, if, if you go from high school to the NBA, when you get on that floor in the NBA, they don't go easy, they don't go easy on your own defense. But I okay. just don't
4: understand how you can make that point when your favorite wrestler in the entire world fought for the damn NFC title at WrestleMania off of a World Rumble win. That, uh...
5: After hold on,
4: after she left NXT. When she was the NXT champion, when she started.
3: But she, okay, she I did
2: not.
4: Hold
3: no, 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 okay. There's a lot of, of stuff in that. COVID, yeah. ha- hang on. You have COVID, you have NXT just be getting on TV. They're obviously doing some sort oh, of cross-promotional thing. What does
4: COVID There's, have to do? We still have to wrestle no, many.
2: Jason. I got this one. I got this one. I'll take it. Oh, take
4: it. he's got this one.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. She did not go to NXT begging for a title match. I didn't say that. Okay, she did not walk down there like, gee. I didn't say that I, either. Oh, but I right, hear me out. Hear me out. Let me finish. Let me finish. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. In her case, the NXT champion came up to her and said, "Instead of fighting Becky again, instead of fighting Bailey again, why don't you fight me?" Okay so the she nxt
3: got, champion who is also wait that was the fu- same year she was in the final four for the rumble or no no, no that was,
4: it was like a I'm year i been in the rumble yet no no because then she she made her way to the main roster so it kind but of, was, it was,
3: that was
2: a year after that though but yeah, in, the in that case the, the nxt champion came to her okay. and said why don't you fight me instead gotcha. okay the nxt champion challenged her she did not walk down there to challenge the nxt champion got gotcha. you Okay, that is a difference.
4: Okay, there's a huge
2: difference.
4: Absolutely right. Two things. Number one, she could have said no. She still wrestled for the N.C. title on a WrestleMania when she could have fought for either a world title. Number two, so you're telling me that the context and the story details matter, right? Yes. So we just saw this motherfucker do this last night when we still got more time to talk about this and figure out why. Okay. I'm just, just going to interject. Was- if you ever want to hear, watch Rob turn
1: into the shoot bear. <laughs> say something negative about the queen. Okay.
2: Because <laughs> all of a sudden, Rob is the shoot bear coming to shoot. <laughs> okay. Okay. But all right. But and again, I'm saying again, perception-wise. Okay. Perception and 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 if we're going to compare the two again. Okay. So Charlotte was not getting beat like a drum until rhea ripley challenged her she had charlotte won the royal rumble okay austin well, theory is getting beat like a drum for the past about month Miz? or so okay let's
4: use recent comparisons ms stole the money bank bank contract from otis has won the world championship ms ms loses them to every match
2: i don't think that's accurate but okay, okay. <laughs> well
4: okay
1: <laughs> All right, I think we I think we've accomplished absolutely nothing here. <laughs> Pretty <much. laughs> um, well, I think we're probably gonna have to all just kind of agree to quietly disagree <laughs> where this whole situation is concerned. I do want to go around the room here real quick, just rapid fire, <laughs> I, and I'm gonna start with Rob. oh Okay. Austin Theory obviously taking it on the chin, taking a beating, taking a beating. Do you see any scenario where they can heat him back up and, and in your eyes, make him believable to be to be somebody who could cash that thing in successfully?
2: Oh, I mean, I think he will be. And just the, honestly, I think it's just a matter. Of, look, I think he will be there in a year or two. I mean, it's just because he has all the he has all the tools that you need to. It's just right now to me the way he has been presented this year projects a different kind of perception of him right now okay like that's I'm not saying never I'm saying today he doesn't look like it i do think in a year or in 2 years i do think one in the future he absolutely will look like it he absolutely will be believable okay because he he has all the things to be believable And I think within in the future, yes, he will be. And in the future, he may not need the damn briefcase. They might just put it. He just win the damn thing straight up. All right. Okay.
1: I'm going to go around the room. Then I've got one more question. I'm going to go around the room again. Jason, your thoughts.
3: Uh, I think he lost a lot of steam when Vince got canned or whatever, because and he was in flux for a while. And now they're finally getting getting things going again. I'm just kind of. Bleh on the guy, because I'm just like, I feel like you're spinning the wheels a little bit, just in terms of the fact that he loses all the goddamn time, and he's not doing anything truly meaningful, ever aside from the U.S. title run, and then I'm like, you, you, you're trying to be the bratty, you know, I'm the boss's protege, but the boss isn't here anymore, and I can't even really allude to the boss, because, you know, that's a whole thing um but so he's just kind of been in no man's land in no way shape or form is he going to cash in successfully on roman reigns like please get out of here um i'm gonna come back to that and 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 no like yes isn't that the best kind of like oh you never see it coming you never see it coming like no that's just straight up stupid that's watching you know suddenly at the end of x-men three jubilee comes out of nowhere and beats everybody it's like what are we doing here <laughs> so
1: Mr. Cash, your thoughts.
4: If they if they chose, our truth could go on a Bruno San Martino run right now. Yes. The booker can do whatever right. they want. So Absolutely. yes. He could be heated up at any time if they choose to heat him up. That, okay. I think he's heated, but well, right. and that's that's different that's different going stuff. on the assumption that he's not hot. I agree
1: with you. I, I think the guy's hotter than the other two gentlemen on the show do. I want to pose one more question, and this is – we are are in an era where we know right now there is a very, very, very short list of people who are going to actually beat Roman Reigns. The list – and when I say short, it's like maybe three people who potentially could beat Roman Reigns and take him down. And when I say take him down, I mean take him down.
3: And two of them are on the shelf.
1: Two of them are on the shelf. Given that the Money in the Bank win guarantees a title shot at the World or Universal Championship. Now, they're both unified right now, so the only person he can go after is Roman. So you automatically know whoever holds that is not going to win. Okay, this is the scenario that I'm posing to you. Who other than Austin Theory do you put in that role to inevitably lose? You Ray, know, I'm gonna who is. With, Ray, I'm going to start with you because I personally, I think Austin Theory is the perfect guy to
4: unsuccessfully cash in. Mr. Cash, what do you think? Whew. I'm with you. I, I, I think he's doing a damn good job. I think he is the, the perfect person for this because he can, first and foremost, the money in the bank roof case to me, again, speaking specifically to me, is a heel gimmick. I don't think we should have very many babyface money in the bank winners because the very nature of the way you of the way it's been um, kind of canonized you cash in is a heel trait, right? Mm-hmm. Surprising somebody after they lost or while they're at their lowest or weakest point. That's a heel trait, right?
1: So, I'm going to
4: expound upon that when we're done. Go ahead. Okay. So, if we're looking, people that's already on the main roster not calling anybody up. Um, and The only other person that, that's more perfect than this is The Miz. But in this case, you've got a young kid who now gets to get his name put with all these bigger wrestlers so that people who are watching can say, hey, I know that dude. That's the dude with the selfie. And they're going to remember him. Put in these situations in which he probably wouldn't have been put in if he was just regular austin theory didn't have the briefcase i think he is the perfect person
1: okay jason given the circumstances so, we know the money in the bank winner is not going to successfully cash in if it's not austin theory who is it
3: honestly there's a bunch you could have done there's seth there's drew there's this guy then because I know they're not going to win but in our dumb smart brains where we think like okay this company's done some stupid shit before wouldn't Drew obviously would be a huge one like yeah he could probably win it um but Seth wouldn't that just get into the back of your head certain other people like certain other they've got to be like main eventers like Ed, uh, Edge walking around with that briefcase Are you freaking kidding me he could absolutely cash that thing in and win. Get real. So I, I think I think there are mil- I think yes the the conclusion is foregone. We know in these in these universes that we're talking about Edge is not actually going to win it. Seth Rollins is not actually going to win it. However, when the bell rings for Austin Theory's match. At no way, shape, or form at any certain time will I say, wow, he might – do you think they would – really, do you think – meanwhile, with at least Edge, Seth Rollins, some of those guys, yeah, that would get in my head very, very quickly, especially Edge. That one kind of – I'm surprised I didn't think of that before.
2: Okay. Mr. Raw. Okay, I got a bit of a long answer here. First – because first of all, all right, remember going into the match, there were some people – putting out there that well seth's gonna win and maybe he'll cash on roman again I and mean, people were, were already putting that out there as a possibility mm-hmm. but as far as what they could have done instead of this um there's actually there was somebody who was in that match who you have a story ready made for and who could cash in that briefcase and lose and it would totally fit their character
3: Oh shit! Was Sammy in the match? Sammy Zane. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I think that next and year that,
2: though. And let me spell it out for you. Sammy wins the briefcase. He's the honorary ooze. He promises the you know he's not going to use it, and when the time comes, he's just going to lay down for Roman. And then they go through all the things. You know he he gets kicked out of the bloodline, but he doesn't. He still has the briefcase. And then let's say. You know, Kevin comes to save him. They're back together. Then Bloodline beats the shit out of Kevin. Sammy gets pissed. Fuck you, Roman. I got the briefcase. We're going tonight. And then, but of course, as Sammy does, Sammy loses.
1: Okay. Yeah. One quick thing to raise to point about the Money in the Bank being a heel thing. When Big E had it, I thought it was cool. We got some great moments. We got Big E running around the night of, you know, just terrorizing people. And then just him at house shows making love to the to the briefcase <laughs> and the turnbuckle, like it was. Some, there was some great stuff that came out of that. But the night he cashed in, I take the casual fan base into consideration, and I take my girlfriend. She was shoot hot at Big E for the way he cashed in. Now mind you, Lashley's a full blown heel. Lashley's the guy we all hate. She was a Lashley sympathizer because <laughs> Lashley hurt his knee. And Biggie, cause she like, what is this pussy doing? Why is he coming out and cashing in now? Cause he's hurt. Well, like, now she got shoot hot uh, for
5: uh, Biggie. Now,
2: now I'll interject something because this is where I think they missed out on like a story detail. Because Biggie had every right to do Bobby like that because Bobby killed both his boys.
1: And I explained yeah. that to her. I told but, her I was like, look, I was like, he's getting his comeuppance. Because Big E just beat up, you know, Kofi and Xavier. She's like, I don't care. If he was a real man, he would have waited until he was 100. Like, dude, she turned into
4: one of those fans. Well, because the, but they didn't like, have you know, they, they That's didn't, the babyface conundrum.
2: They didn't, they, exactly. didn't pro- they didn't properly allude back to that on TV though. They right.
4: did not.
5: Because they, I
3: think Big E Big E carried it very, very well because he carried it the way the babyface is supposed to. Yes, to your point, Ray, it is a baby, it is a heel gimmick. Yeah, I can cash in anytime, start a match, whether you're bleeding from the face or not. Whatever. You know, ha, ha However, Big E used it like a baby face and was like, hey, I have this thing. Them's the rules. See, when I sneak up, when you sneak up on me and beat me up, you're breaking the rules. But when I do this, I'm in the rules. So you got stuck on that. And he, he carried it absolutely perfectly. Uh, and, and
1: I don't disagree with you at all. I love the whole run with Big E with the with the briefcase and everything that led up to that point. But again, I'm speaking from a again – we're talking about casual fans. When I look at it from a casual fan standpoint, when you look at it in oh, yeah. K-Fabe, yep. to her, it didn't make a whole lot of sense – that this big, tough guy, who's the good guy that everybody loves, well, would wait until this guy's on his last leg, literally, and just did, wrestle yeah. a full match, and well, he's uh, gimping around, and now Big E's going to come and pick the bones.
3: And you that, know, was, a, fur, that, was, that was a misstep
1: yeah.
3: on commentary's how, part, part, on E's part, on Bobby's part, on, like, when they were setting that whole thing up, somebody should have been like, hey— we got to reiterate this because this was a couple of weeks ago. So, and we, tr- we usually treat our audience like they have the memory of a goldfish. I don't know why we're not, we're expecting to remember something from four weeks ago. Right.
4: I, I still say there's only been one good babyface cash in, in, in the sense of a, being a babyface. And that's Rob Van Damme. He said, yeah. hey, look, I'm cashing this in on this date. I'll see you there. And they were able to book well, it as a match instead of a babyface coming behind somebody after they got, uh, they lost a match or in the midst of a match or after they were hurt after a match. I, in the eyes he, of what a babyface traditionally is, that's the only one. Right.
3: He did call his shot, but yes, you are right, because yeah. Bobby was selling the knee and selling this. It's like, okay, now you're, you really are. He didn't just lose. You're, like, actually picking the bones right now.
1: And that's, that was Tina's argument with the whole thing. And so that was a misstep faced in man to man, you know, face to face, eye to eye, and that wasn't how that went down.
3: At the very and- least, I bet if Bobby wasn't selling the knee and he was just like, "Oh, I lost. Now I'm getting my head back and I'm standing on my feet." She probably would have looked at that differently. Or I think well, I had
1: to look at her I'm like, "You realize you realize Lashley's the bad guy, right?" And she's like, "I don't care." Yeah.
2: <laughs> or or I think it look, was or they, incredible. Or I think look, he could have come out there after the match and he could have even said, "Look, Norm you know i, I did not want to do it. you know normal look i don't normally get down like that i usually go with people straight up but fuck you you killed both my boys so i'm getting your ass right now I
4: don't think remember that stuff that you, you did the last already, couple of weeks now i'm coming to collect i don't think he could have done that exact promo you're saying rob even though it would have been nice because at the beginning before the show happened he said i'm cashing in regardless oh but, now he, yeah. um,
2: but in my scenario you don't do that
4: okay right i, I mean right. no I, yeah yeah if was, <laughs> the story could have told been told better if they would have put that story tick in it, but it wasn't. Um, it is what it is. It's, it's still a still fantastic moment.
2: Yeah, even with all that, it still was, yeah. yeah. All yeah, like,
4: right. Yeah. Well, guys, I think we can take it home there.
1: We had an awesome, man, awesome <laughs> show tonight. We, we lit it up. Good stuff. Yeah, this, man. this was really good stuff, and, and this is this has been awesome. Uh, we're going to call the go home here. I'm going to wrap back around the room here. First, start with special guest, good brother to the show, co-host of The Outsider's Edge, Mr. Ray Cash. Sir,
4: thank you very much. My pleasure. My and pleasure. I know it
1: was last minute, but I'm glad you were available tonight.
4: Yeah, man. Anytime I can get on with you guys, you know, I know I can't do it often.
1: Yeah, Got a lot going on
4: in my own world, but yeah, it's always good to sit down with y'all.
1: It's good to have your voice and your insight back on the podcast waves. I'm glad to see you kind of slowly getting back into it. Whether you're with us, whether you're doing Outsiders Edge, man, or wherever you're at, man, it's just good to hear your voice out there again.
4: Appreciate that. Appreciate that.
1: And from. The Rob the Genius Podcast, Mister Rob, uh, sir, <laughs> you may want to have yourself a little drink before you go to bed. I think you kind of fired up tonight.
2: <laughs> well, look, look, y'all know I get carried away every now and then.
1: You know, it's all good,
2: brother, and <laughs> you know we had a blast here tonight. No, nah, but no, nah, sir. Look, man, no, nah, this was fun, man. And look, Ray, look, you, brother, always good to have you here. And we're gonna do this again. You know that? Um,
4: <laughs> but I'm um, nah. gonna argue about it damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> And from cloud nine,
3: Bucky's
1: (laughs) tag team partner, Jason, sir, fun show tonight, man.
3: Well, to quote my friend Rob about Austin Theory, not this Rob, the white Rob, I got a theory. This guy stinks. So that's what I I think about Austin Theory.
4: On that note, all the love. And you want to go in with that? Yeah, no, dude, I, I love I love all all his room, but We got to end with he sucks.
2: He yeah. stinks. <laughs> Stinky. Stinks. He
1: stinks.
5: Oh no, my God.
1: Stinks. Come on. Anyway, Come no on. matter what you think Come about on. it, remember you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, DJ, and we are out of here until next week.